First of all, let me say way to go coming. Like you braved the weather and the snow and the wrecks and you got here, you did it, well done. If you don't do anything else today, you did this and that was awesome. And, um, but I'm just so grateful for all our Heartland Kids team. We've got folks who are on our drama team, our musicians, vocalists, small group leaders for babies and preschools and um, you know, tech folks that are amazing and they are all, all, over 200 of them. Normally, we have about 500 kids on a Sunday, which is amazing. Um, I do want to make one segue. Christmas Eve is coming. Uh, we had services on the 23rd and the 24th, but we still need help. If you like, thought these kids were cute and want to come hang out with them, come join us on the 24th. Uh, we still need about 35 folks at either 3 or 5. You can sign up at the Hub, or um, you can sign on online on the I Want to Volunteer form. Well, I love that they read the Luke story to us about Jesus being born. And um, in my family, we have a tradition that when it's your birthday, we tell the birth story again. Like if your parents in the room, you totally remember the day that your child was born or the day you adopted that, that your child. And so I want to tell you a little bit about what my mom and dad would say to me. And um, so it was Thanksgiving they had a huge meal. They go to sleep. My mom wakes up at four in the morning and she says to my dad, who is a doctor, I think I'm in labor. And he, but I'm not due for another month. So they, he calls the OB and they agree, hey, I, you know, she's a first time mom. She's probably not in labor. She ate too much. It was Thanksgiving. She had too much pie. Um, it's 1963, so they give her a muscle relaxant and send her back to bed. So four hours later, she wakes up and says, no, really, Beatty, I think we need to go to the hospital. He calls the OB, and they were like, hey, it's just those early preterm Braxton Hicks things, but let's, it'll make her feel better if we go to the hospital. So they go to the hospital, and my mom always loved saying that these two men were wrong, and she was right, and I was born three hours later. Isn't that amazing? And um, on a more serious note, um, well, one of the very funny things when my grandmother, who we called Nana, was um, getting the house ready on their little, they were on, in San Antonio on the base, and my parents walk in with me for the very first time, and you know what was playing on the stereo? The Hallelujah, hallelujah Chorus. Um, so no pressure there for this firstborn daughter. But one of the other things my parents would say is that about my birth is that it was such a scary and dark time for our country. Um, John F. Kennedy had been assassinated a week before I was born. And here's this young couple, and they're just like afraid, like what? Their world has turned upside down, and it was so scary and dark. And they felt like um, the birth of me coming into the world for them was a reminder that God was in control, that God was always making new things, and he was bringing light into the darkness that they were experiencing. And so we're going to look today in the Gospel of John about how he tells the birth story, and it's very different from how I just told my birth story. John um, is, was a disciple of Jesus, and his his book is a lot more theological and philosophical in terms of how he tells the story. He's really painting this really big picture of the divine history that is in Jesus' birth. John describes himself um, 
He was one of the 12 disciples as the one who Jesus loves. And I think about each of us today, all these kids that were up here today, each of, what if we live that way? Like we were, we are one that Jesus loves. It's actually true. It's actually true. And I love that. So the gospel of John starts this way. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And I can remember the very first time I read that, it was on, uh, in my friend's bathroom, like on her mirror. She was memorizing it. And I read it, and I thought, what the heck? I don't know. What does that mean? Like, what is the word? I don't understand that. And sometimes, you guys, when we read the Bible, it is like that. Like, we don't understand. It is complex. Well, let me back up a little bit. The, um, when John wrote this, he was he wrote, and he used the word logos for the word word, and it was a word that people, both Greeks and Jews, listening to it would understand it, that um, for the Greeks, they heard it, they understood that it was a big word, it was a principle of reason that governed the world, and for Jewish people, they knew that this meant that God was the source of creation, and it was God's message through the prophets to his people, so they knew that it was an important word. And for us, when we read it today, and what my friend probably told me, is if you change the word to meet to Jesus and read it this way, this is how it makes sense. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus identical to God, but distinct from him. So we have the Father, we have Jesus the Son that was fully God, but also fully human. No one ever liked that before or since. God is these distinct, separate personalities. If you read through the book of John, you'll also hear about the third distinct personality of God, and that's the Holy Spirit. And I remember my three-year-old, when Stacy, my oldest, was three, she asked me, like, what is this, Mom? Is it God? Is it Jesus or the Holy Spirit? Try to explain the Trinity to a three-year-old. Um, it's hard, but she got it. She saw these distinct um, personalities of God. The word trinity we use for the threefoldness of God didn't actually appear. It's not in the Bible. It didn't happen until the third century when people like us were trying to follow Jesus and they gave a name to it. This is the trinity, the threefold expression of God. And if you read in the Old and the New Testament, you'll be able to see these three distinct, powerful personalities. So I want us to look at the first five verses in John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in the, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. Not one thing. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. I love the way Max Lucado in his book, God Came Near, describes this. The omnipotent, which means all-powerful, in one instant made himself breakable. He who had been spirit became pierceable. He who was larger than the universe became an embryo. 
And he who sustains the world with the word chose to be dependent upon the nourishment of a young girl. God is a fetus, holiness sleeping in the womb, the creator of life being created. Oh my gosh, you know what that means? Did anybody hear that bing? I've already walked 10,000 steps today. (laughs) I'm sorry. It was very funny. I walked and prayed a lot this morning in this room. So, um, okay. I love what the message version says about this thing called incarnation. This is what we celebrate, you guys. God becoming a baby and Jesus being born. He says it this way. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Moved into your neighborhood. Moved into my neighborhood. And if the Jewish people, when they heard this text, would be reminded, and we are reminded of the very first words of Scripture in the book of Genesis, starting in uh, chapter 1. In the, This is how God created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so John was tying, reaching back to the beginning of creation to tie Jesus, to be familiar with Jesus who was at that point of creation. One of the things I love about this scripture is that darkness doesn't win. Darkness doesn't win because Jesus is the light of the world and even killing him on a cross did not eliminate the life, the light. Jesus is the life, oh my goodness, Jesus is the light of the world and darkness couldn't overcome him. No matter where you are in your faith journey, you can experience darkness. Uh, One of the questions I've been asking people has been over the last couple months, what is the dark place in your life right now where you need the light of Jesus? What's your darkness? And here's some of the things I've heard. Loneliness. Like I have a lot of Facebook friends, but I I don't have deep good. I don't know. I haven't found my people yet. There's the darkness of walking with parents or grandparents who are sick and aging and eventually are dying. That's really a dark place. There's the darkness of feeling on the outside. I know I've felt this way. Have you ever felt like you're just on the outside? Maybe it's because of the size of your body or the color of the skin or your personality. You feel like, man, I'm just too much for people. If I was my whole self, I would be a burden or I was too much for people. For some people, the darkness feels like this stuck relationship that they're in, that there just doesn't seem to be any way out. For some, the darkness feels like God is really distant, that you cannot hear from him. And one of the things we've been praying today for each of us is that we will walk away today with a word from God. The God of the universe would speak a word into your darkness. Maybe your darkness is a health diagnosis that's changing everything. Or maybe it's dark, the darkness of anxiety and depression with that deep, overwhelming sadness that really seems even darker at the holiday time. So where is your darkness right now? I want you to name it in your mind so you can think about it the rest of the time. Where is your darkness? Got it? There are different ways that the Holy Spirit brings light into your dark place. But 
just like, have you ever been in a really dark room with blackout curtains? I had to, my, when my kids were teenagers and they, they loved blackout curtains so they could sleep till noon. But we have to go up and move the curtain so that the light comes in. And if you and I want light in our life, if we want the light of the Holy Spirit to shine, we do need to cooperate. We need to pull that curtain back so the light comes in. There's different ways that we can do that that you may be experiencing. Sometimes it's a relational connection. You just have a conversation with someone, you share something, and you just feel that sense of light that they really heard you, they understood, that you had a sense of vulnerability. Sometimes it's through nature. Um, maybe it's through the sunset. I love the sunrise and sunset. I, get, I think it's just an incredibly beautiful time, and God can speak to me through nature. Maybe for you, the light comes through a piece of music or art. Maybe it's through counseling. I yet was in counseling yesterday and had a word from God in the midst of that. Maybe it's through journaling prayer or through serving someone else, like all the folks, the 1,200 people that got a gift. Maybe they had a sense of light through buying a gift for someone who needed it. Sometimes it's through good self-care, like sleep and exercise and good food. And for some people, it can be learning something new. You feel that sense of light from God. The Holy Spirit also uses all those experiences, but also uses words to speak light into your darkness. And I want to tell you a little bit about the dark place that I've been walking through. And one of the things I want to say, it's not a competition. Like, we all have darkness. Some of them is really hard. Like, I have a friend that's having brain surgery on Wednesday. Like, that's really, really hard. To all, all the darkness counts. It's not a competition. Um, so my dark place, I have to tell you a little bit about that family that I was born into. My parents, um, we did peace at any price, you guys. And when I say I never saw my parents argue or disagree about something, like they didn't ever argue or disagree about something. Like the only thing I can remember is my dad would not tell my mom who he voted for in the 1960 election. That was it. Like he went to his grave never having told her was probably not who she wanted him to vote for, FYI. We did not disagree. So I, we gave up self to the other. I became this great peacemaker and cruise director. And it's not surprising, my parents, their parents didn't do, con didn't do conflict well, healthy conflict. So I'm the oldest and I came, I'm very good at keeping the peace. And recently I've been challenged by God that I needed to speak up in some key family relationships and say some, have some hard, difficult conversations. And um, I did not want to do that. It, it doesn't feel safe. It feels, it feels bad. Um, it feels confusing. How do I do that? Um, but I really felt a sense of conviction that I was wrong, that I was creating distance in this relationship because I wasn't always telling the other person how I really think or how I really feel. And it was really hard. And I have to tell you, a lot of times God just keeps reminding me, like, seriously, you need to have that conversation. You've got to have it. He didn't just nudge me once. He nudged me 50 times. And I needed to take a risk, and I felt kind of stuck. And I don't know about you, but when, you, when I feel anxious, it kind of starts in my gut, and then moves up. So every time I thought about having this conversation, all I wanted to do was eat and not have the conversation. That was more comfortable and safe. And so one of the things that God does is, is when he speaks, he can bring clarity and wisdom into situations. So let me tell you how it worked. First of all, I've never heard the audible voice of God. 
But as I was wrestling with having this hard conversation with this family member, I felt like the Lord whispered, Michelle, the reason you don't like it is that feeling that you get inside. It's about your fear. Your fear, um, you say it's about upsetting the other person, but in reality, it's about your fear being with the upset of the other person. Your fear. And I was like, dude, that unlocks something. I can't explain why. It, like understanding the process in me, it explained why I was being such a wuss. Um, <laughs> and asking God, help me deal with that feeling of fear that bubbles up inside of me. Um, because it's a really... I have a really angry inner critic. I don't know if anybody else can relate, but can be going, man, if you say that, you know what? They're never going to respect you the same way. If you're honest with them, they're never going to love you the same way. In fact, that relationship may be over if you speak the truth. And here's what you need to know about me. One of my core values is that I speak calmly and thoughtfully with people. So it didn't mean that I could just go and yell and scream at this person because that's not who God's called me to be. So it was really, really hard. And so God gave me this clarity about sort of the why it was hard for me that was so helpful. So God uses words to bring clarity, to, to pull back the curtain and let the light in. He did that in my darkness. And no matter where you are in your faith journey, God can speak a word today into that stuck, dark place that you don't think there's a way out, just like I didn't think there was a way out. Another really important place that we hear from God is through the Bible. Jesus is the light of the world, and he brings light into our dark places through Scripture. Bible, Scripture, Word of God, they all mean the same thing. It's a powerful way that he speaks to us. We get to join this living conversation with God. The Bible is unlike any other book there is. It is his love letter to us. It is. It is um, so important around here that no, the itty-bitty kids that we have on the other side of this wall, we start teaching them about the Bible in creative and innovative, age-appropriate ways with play because we believe it is so important. Kids ages two and three are already determining what their God concept is, even if their parents don't do faith at all. Like there's a yearning in their heart. And so um, because I'm the kids' pastor, feel free to pull out your phone. Um, I want to share with you some Bibles because part of you, maybe you don't have an age-appropriate Bible. And even if you don't have kids, actually, I've experienced the Holy Spirit speaking through kids' Bibles. So reading with kids is a really good thing because we can learn from them. So my first one that we love is called the Beginner's Bible. And um, it's ages zero to five. And FYI, if you dedicate or baptize your child at Heartland, you get a free Bible. So come do that in April. Um, but we love this. This is what we use in our classrooms. Now, if you get a little bit older, the Storybook Bible, another great, awesome. Feel free to take pictures. Yeah, way to go. Is another great Bible. The little bit older, as they're in elementary school, an Adventure Bible is awesome from six to ten. And the next one is for students or grown-ups, and this is a great Bible. I have this Bible at home. It's the Wayfinding Bible. It's when you hit those places like I did when I read for the first time the word was God and with God, what does that mean? We need a Bible like that that will unpack some of it for us. So get an age-appropriate Bible. 
And for the parents in the room, we have a great curriculum, and it has a free app. You have your Bible in your pocket 24-7. Well, maybe you don't sleep with your phone, uh, but it's close. And ParentQ is a great app where you can watch the Bible stories that your kids are having. Make a habit of every day that you read Scripture together with your kids. It is life-changing for them and for you. So this is a great app that we highly suggest. When you read the Bible with your kids or by yourself, ask the Holy Spirit to speak. You know, it's just simple. Holy Spirit, please speak through this Scripture. And then um, ask him for what you need. Maybe it's a word of encouragement or comfort. Maybe it's a word of wisdom or peace. What do you need? Ask him for that. Pull back the curtain and let the light in. Sometimes when you read the Bible, um, you won't get anything at all. Let me just be honest. Um, Sometimes you won't get anything at all, but at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, God will bring a word or phrase back to you that's really helpful in your life. Sometimes you'll read and you'll get a quiet nudge for the day, like a word that is so helpful. Sometimes you'll read it, like I said, and you'll think, what the heck, I don't understand what that means. Sometimes you'll read it and it seems boring. But sometimes, and those are all normal responses, sometimes, not every time, you will have a ta-da moment with Scripture. And I want to tell you about my ta-da moment. I should make all you guys do that. Would you do that with me? Seriously, because you're really quiet. I know it was brave that you're here, but I know J. Cole will help me. One, two, three. Ta-da! Oh my gosh, that was so fun. Thank you for that. Okay, so I'm going to have this hard, I know that I'm on this day, on this Wednesday, I'm going to have this hard conversation with a family member. It feels hard to me. It feels dark. I feel a nudge. I knew that people were walking and praying around the building. And I was, I'm going to go join them and pray with them. And I pull up and I get out of my car and Brian says to me, you're not going to believe this, but like seconds ago, I had a sense that we were supposed to stop and pray for whoever we saw next. And it was you. Do you have anything that we need to be praying for? And I went, ta-da, Yes. I have this really hard conversation. It feels really dark. I feel really scary. Eh. And they said, okay, let's just pray. So it was me and Seth Davidson and Brian. And so we just listened for like 30 seconds. And in those 30 seconds, just asking God to speak, I felt like the scripture, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you. Joshua 1.9 plopped in my head. Because I had read, I've read that scripture many, many times, and God just gave it to me, and I thought, oh, it's such the kindness of the Lord to give that to me today. Like, I needed that. And so then Brian says, what, what did you hear? And I went last, because I want to see what they had to say. And so Brian said some really encouraging words that really resonated. And then Seth said, well, I just have one thing. I have one verse, and it's Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with me. And so what I did was I jumped up and down and I yelled because when I get excited, I yell. And then I hit them because that's what you do when you're excited and you're me. And can you believe that, you guys? Like the kindness of the Lord. Like it was like, dude, I'm having this conversation and he is with me and he cares about me and he cares about you. And he has a word for you in that dark place. I just, I can't even tell you. I still 
just like, thank you. And it's because we listened for like 30 seconds. So, so cool. So, your action step, if you choose to accept it, is to read five more minutes of the Bible every day from now on. Five minutes. You may be at zero, and that's totally okay. You're just adding five minutes. Um, if you're at 20 or whatever, just add five minutes. And once again, if you don't know where to start, start in Luke, because January, as a church, we're going to be from January to Easter, we're going to be reading Luke together as a community. Pick five verses, five or six. You don't have to read a whole chapter. That's a lot. Five, six, seven verses. And then ask the Lord to speak. And think with God about them. Read it through. Kind of marinate in it. Is there a word that pops or resonates? Ask him to give you light in that dark place that you have, to give you hope, to comfort, wisdom, or peace. Sometimes it's just, Lord, I need the sense of the next right thing that I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And if we ask him, he is speaking all the time. No matter where you are in your faith journey, the Holy Spirit is speaking all the time. And so the Jesus is the light of the world, and he can bring light into our dark places through the Bible. We just need to pull back that curtain, pull that back that curtain and let the light in. And in closing, I'm going to ask Lori Roy to come up. She is our director of missions and Alpha and prayer. And Lori, Lori is my prayer mentor. Dude, I've learned so much about prayer. And I kind of want her to do what Brian did. It's just help us to pray and to listen. Um, seriously, I'm just so grateful for you and what I've learned from you about prayer. So thank you. Take thank it you, away, Michelle. Friend. Well, the truth of the matter is I, for the first 29 years of my life, I didn't know Jesus. I didn't pray. And I definitely didn't know that he actually communicated with me and, and that I can hear him. Um, do you guys believe that God, we have a God that communicates with us? We do. We really do. I, I'm living proof that I went literally fumbling and stumbling through darkness for 29 years, trying to figure out things on my own, using logic and just trying to figure out what is my purpose, just stepping into a life with Jesus, getting clarity, getting a calling, um, just really finding my purpose. And that's not just for me, that's for all of us. And so today I'm going to introduce us to, it's a tool, there's many, many tools on how to hear um, and pray, hear, hear the voice of God and pray. Um, but this one is, we're going to borrow this from, it's an organization, an international organization called 24-7 Prayer. And you can find it, we'll, we're going to put it, a link on um, on our social media. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's an acronym that we will use. And the acronym is PRAY, so it's very easy to remember. And let me just say this. This is something we have, God meets us where we're at. So in the scriptures, it tells us draw near to God and he draws near to us. And, and what that means is you could be, you know, Monday morning, tomorrow morning, you could go into the office, you could close your office door, you can do this in the privacy of your office, you can do it at your home, you can drop the kids off at carpool and pull over in a parking lot. It doesn't matter where we encounter God, He is always there with us. And so that's what I love about an acronym that's really easy to remember. So pray, P-R-A-Y. The first one, um, P is for pause, R is for reflect and rejoice, the A is for ask, and the why is for yield or to say yes to him. 
So what we're going to do right now is we're going to practice this. And it might feel a little odd to you guys, but you know what? Just go with it. There's a first time for everything, right? So, so it, it, it just engage in it um, and, and see what happens. Um, so and on, the pro, on the pause piece, um, this is what I do is I just, it's, it's a time just to be still and to, to literally pause. We've got, you know, the, the weather swirling right now. We're wondering how we're going to get home. We're, we're thinking about the Chiefs game. We're thinking about all these different things. Here's the deal. We, we have a few moments, like 20 seconds, where we can just literally pause and be still. And then we're going to pray an ancient prayer that we've prayed for, believers have prayed for centuries called Come Holy Spirit. And so close your eyes, if you would, with me. And just whatever posture um, is comfortable for you, just open up your hands. That, that works for me. And I'm just going to ask, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, in this busy season, help me to be still. I'm, I'm opening up my ears to hear you. Um, please prepare me for the wonder of your coming at Christmas. And then I transition into the next, which is, um, is rejoice and reflect. And as Michelle shared, the power of Scripture. So I focus on a Scripture. And we're just going to use what Michelle shared, Joshua 1.9. And it's, be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you. And what I do with that is I just, I meditate on that or I, I let it marinate. So, so in, your, in your quietness of your own heart and mind, just, just repeat that over and ask, ask the Father to show you something from that scripture that he might be speaking to you. So be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you. Father, thank you that you, you call us to be strong and courageous. Thank you that you never leave us and you never forsake us. You're always with us and you love us so much. So we thank you for that. Then we go into the ask. Um, and this is, we ask who um, is someone that is in need of some courage today or some strength today. Um, and, and maybe it is something that he's, he's showing you. So just in, in the quietness of your own heart, just ask him, is there something um, that you're in need of courage for today? Father, I not only pray for myself, but I pray for those that are in need, especially facing difficult circumstances during this, the holiday season. Just ask that you would be with them. Your presence, your love um, would just consume them. We just ask this in your name. And then the last part is yield, and it's literally saying yes. And this may be um, something that we are... We're, we're stepping out. We're, this, it may be what Michelle has, has challenged us with, of, of spending five more minutes a day in the scriptures. Um, but it's, it's literally um, something that you know that you know that you know uh, he's asking you to do something. And so you're asking him for the strength and the courage to do that. Um, so, um, yeah, just take some time to, to go over that.
Father, thank you that you have the very best plans for our lives. Thank you that you call us to things that we're not equipped for, but you equip us for them anyway. Thank you that you're always speaking, you're always leading us, and you're always wooing us back to yourself. So we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. So that's just a little snapshot of, of what a listening prayer looks like. And again, um, there's, there's an actual app. We didn't want to inundate you guys with apps today, so um, you can get it. You can get, get the link on our Facebook page or Instagram. Um, but it's, it, it literally takes you each day through it, and it'll give you the scriptures, and it'll walk you through what I did. There's even an audible, so you can even listen to it on your way to work. I mean, it's, it's crazy easy. Um, but the fact of the matter, you guys, is God, He wants us to come out of darkness into light. And... It looks different for all of us, um, but today, I think 2019, let's put a period at the end of 2019. We're going into 2020. Let's start, let's start fresh and new. Um, there, yesterday, or Wednesday, we had, um, Michelle and I were in the atrium, and we were kind of talking about today, about the service, and there was a staff member that had been walking the perimeter praying, and he came up and he said, um, Lori, I had this picture, and can I share it with you? And I said, sure. And he said, it was a picture of you holding this big bag, and you were handing out gifts to each person. And as you handed out those gifts, there were tears coming down your face, but there were tears of joy. And he said, I don't know if that means anything to you. And what he didn't know is it's the biggest gift that we can give um, each other is to help get over that threshold um, from darkness into light. And <clears throat> we're gonna, I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come on up. There, there are people here that literally pray, not just today, they pray all week long. They pray for, um, for you. They don't know your names and your faces, but they know um, that you're coming because they bring you, you, you this Sunday service to, to the Father and ask for prayers based on what, what you're experiencing today. And so, um, if you are, like, if there's something rattling around and you're ready to, to, to take that step, you, you've heard about this Jesus and you're, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You want something new. Just come forward. People want to pray with you. If, you're, if you've been a believer for a while, but you just feel blah and you need more of the power of the Holy Spirit, come forward and we'll pray for you. There may be a physical ailment that you've been dealing with for years and you're just tired of it and you know that we have a God that loves and wants to heal and you want that opportunity to be prayed for. Come forward, we wanna pray for you. Um, this, is, this is a season, guys. We're stepping out of darkness into light and we can do it all together. So that was my, that was my one last thought, but I, I can't forget to tell you, don't come back on Monday on Sunday. We are not having services Sunday. Come back Monday and Tuesday for our Christmas Eve services. Um, so that's all I have. Bless you all. Thank you for being here. Thank you for, for um, weathering the storm. And go Chiefs.